Welcome to Onitober Weebs. We're here with the demon spirits from beyond, and this week we'll be talking about one of the biggest writers of the demons from beyond, Junji Ito. Mm-hmm. Famous for such works as Gyo, Tomie, uh, Uzumaki. The smaller works such as The Mystery of Omegara Fault. And the um, health planet, the... Reina. Reina. I think it's Reina. I think it's Reina. Yeah. Or Rihanna. I don't know. So it was with an R. We know that. Well. So, yeah, this... Uh, we'll just jump right into this. I guess we're going to... Well, just... before we jump right oh, in... Oh, are we going to... What are um, we going to do? Well, first we have to... Um, do some uh, stretching? Yeah. We have to stretch. We have to open up the trash bag and introduce our new listeners. Welcome to Weeaboo Wednesday. What he said. Yeah. This week is being brought to you by, once again, Not Your Father's Root Beer. For a cheap 5.9% alcohol that tastes like root beer. Yeah. Uh, I pre-gamed a little and I had a little plum wine before. He did. And he also ate the leg of a leg of a baby sheep. I think it was actually the rib parts. Nonetheless. It was delicious. You're a monster. Mm, yeah. And speaking of monsters, let's talk about the most common monster in Japan that we've noticed in Japanese storytelling: women. <laughs> <laughs> and specific, specific. <laughs> specifically, the true monster that walks among us. We're afraid of ghosts and goblins and all that shit. The true monster lies next to us every day in bed. And what does that make you? The son of a monster? <laughs> what I was trying to go with that is with, this, with, the, with one of his first and probably his seminal work, Tomie. Was that his first work? I think it was his first work that really got famous, because according to the Junji Ito Master Collection, uh-huh. at least his... Junji Ito Horror Comic Collection, which collects all of, like, his various stuff. The first two volumes are Tomie. Okay. So I think, and I think it was also, like, the thing that actually began to put him on the map of, as a horror writer and a, as a professional, um, author. Because before, apparently, he was a dental assistant. Which, wow, really? Wow, he was already working as, like, some of the most scariest things on the planet. <laughs> the human mouth. Yeah. No, I just meant dentists. Oh. <laughs> Implying that a human mouth is not scary, because it is. They're both terrifying. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, it seems that uh, uh, Tommy is uh, the first one. But No, like, how did you, uh, how were you introduced to Junji uh, <coughs> Ito? My mother. Ah. My, I found Junji Ito at the ripe age of, like, six, somewhere between, like, eight and ten years old. Oh, boy. My mother was a big fan of his works and other horror mangas and the like, and left them around the house, willy-nilly, until one day I finally grasped my tiny hands across the Tomie comic and began reading it, and couldn't put it down, mostly <coughs> out of curiosity and, I think, just stark terror. Because... Looking, reading back on the mangas, they are not that scary. Um, Junji Ito is an amazing artist who's really good at doing, like, and en- not energetic, but like expressions on expressions, face, expressions yeah. of horror. Yeah, horror and terror. So it's like it, it, it's a very powerful uh, asset in an artist's uh, weaponry to be able to have the reader empathize with what the character is feeling. Mm-hmm. And, like, the ability to express emotion through your character is a very important. And I say Junji Ito does, like, a really good job with that. 
Mostly just the horror aspect, though. I, oh, yeah, yeah, His yeah, other yeah. ones, you need some work on, in my opinion. Well, I, I don't know any of his other works outside of, like, Uzumaki. Um, I, 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 I was introduced... Um, I, I actually read a, a bunch of his stuff, like, sporadically through my middle school years, and then, like, uh, in college, I uh, I actually finally found the name Junji uh, Ito, uh. and I went through, <laughs> and I found uh, Uzumaki, uh, and which was recommended uh, by my friend, mm-hmm. and I read through that, and it was just like this great thing where it's like there's so much unease in it, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll probably talk about this a little later. But it's like it's a difference between Western and Eastern <coughs> horror, mm-hmm. which I appreciate, and I think I like my personal opinion is this: like I find Eastern horror frightening because it's such a different flavor of horror that I'm mm. used to. It's like I don't know the beats. Yeah, you know, for me, I I actually horror has been a big thing of my life for a lot of my life, which I blame my mother on, which I think oh. <laughs> that that one moment might have uh, corrupted me. But even during college, one of the big one of the biggest papers I wrote was basically what defines horror in video games. Uh-huh. So I took all different sorts of examples, did a bunch of research onto it. Well, specifically horror in general, not just like video game horror, and began and took like put together, like, videos of different the different methods of horror that, like, are played out to us, such as shock horror, which is the classic jump scares, or freaking, um, just, like, things that jump up in front of you and scare the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, th- uh, I believe atmospheric horror, which is kind of like the um, Silent Hills, or perhaps, like, um, sil- uh, or perhaps uh, Slenderman, yeah. of where it's kind of like, you're dropped the atmos the environment itself around it's you. Atmospheric anxiety. <laughs> that's, that was yeah. the one I was looking for. <coughs> Damn crackers are trying to kill me. And then there's finally terror in which you are like being hunted by something, which is goes back yeah. to the Slender Man thing of where after you start fighting the notes, you hear the music coming at you, and it's like it's clear like the monster's fucking with you as it's chasing you down. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things I found was um, when I put a survey out like how people rated each thing on how scary it was, and I tried to use the best examples of it, including, like, visceral horrors, like you had, like, the classic from De- uh, Dead Space where you get had to put the needle in the guy's eye. Yeah, or, like, you know, Texas Chainsaw Man, <laughs> like, the regular blood and gore, like, spilled blood yeah. stuff. And the thing that most, at least American audiences, um, from my survey proved, was that people, what people consider horror-ish jump scares. That's what they consider scary. Mm-hmm. Atmosphere core and the like, while they do take a bit more work to build up to, yeah, they didn't consider it as much. The things it seems, at least in my from my study, was that American audiences specifically found either like gut wrenching, like gut feeling horror to be the most um, what they consider to be like the golden standard of horror. Yeah. Things that jump out at you, scare you, things that make you cringe or gross you out. Yeah. Not as much like the tense moments or like just going, you're dropped in this really scary-ass world. Which actually a lot, Junji Ito's works usually focus a lot on a combination of the atmosphere and gut-wrenching horror. Yeah, it's like... like just um, visceral effects. There's uh, this one short, uh, short comic he did, which is uh, a monster washes up on shore. Uh, I forget what which one it's called, but it's, like, uh, this guy goes over, and, like, there's this woman there, and, like, the monster has uh, a bunch of people who disappeared from, like, a fairy, and he's inside his guts, and they're alive for a second, and it's, like, um, they bust out of the monster's belly, and they, like, all run out at the same time, and they die and expire, mm-hmm. and it's, 
it, it, it's not necessarily super scary to the point where like they bust out and they like stampede over this woman. But what's like um, terrifying about it? Continue. Oh, what's what's terif uh, what's terrifying about it? I found is like uh, the setup to that, where it's just like you clearly know that something's wrong. Uh, people are like investigating this, and they're like, "What the hell is going on with this gigantic beast?" And it's like, it's something like this shouldn't be alive. It's like, what's inside of its belly? And there is this. I feel like it's kind of a, a lost art that's being found again with like horror and cinema today, which is. Well, yeah. I would argue otherwise, but continue. Well, yeah, not in, like, the big, super, like, blockbusters. Because it's, like, they're, like, they all want, like, stupid-ass, like, Saw or, and like, they, they want easy, there. easy money. Yeah, but it's, like, the, the presence, the atmosphere is super important to me. It's, like, that's why I read Lovecraft. Like, yeah. Lovecraft is a very slow build to, like, kind of a, um... An existential kind of dread that I like, where it's like, we're so cocksure of, like, this is how this system works. And, mm -hmm. like, the thing that makes it scary is it's like, this system doesn't work like this because it's like, we're playing with sticks and twigs and, like, the rest of the cosmos has, like, iPhones, you yeah. know? Um, which actually pulling that back into Junji Ito's specific... Uh, I want to talk about Tomie first, but oh, we, yeah, we've yeah. clearly gone off topic more to the Uzumaki section. Oh, well, let's talk about Tomie, yeah. Uh, oh, but... <clears throat> so, ja Japan, Japan's fixation with why women are evil. Actually, honestly, it's never really... In reading the comics, Tomie herself is not essentially the evil one. She oh. comes off very much as a strong, confident... Well, pardon the people, the Tumblr feminists are probably readying their, their, pitches, their torches and pitchforks, but coming off as essentially like a bitch. She's... She takes what she wants. She goes. She jumps from guy to guy, uh -huh. and very often, and she will. Uh, she will sometimes actively steal the the potential crushes of the usually the female protagonist in these stories because every male the the effect Tomei has isn't so much like her telling her to her telling people to murder for her. It's more like they just. The people who fall in love with her, or at least even develop a small crush, it turns from like just infatuation to insanity, of where they they would they would kill each other for her, mm -hmm. and some many times against what she wants, and usually most of the times this ends up with Tomie usually dead. Oh, like in the first, I think if I'm saying like the first story of her is like literally a lot of these guys are being fighting over her kind of thing like that, and she ends up actually getting pushed and pushed off of a cliff or off this like kind of hill, she breaks her neck. Oh. And all the guys realize that they are part of this. So they each basically they chop her up, and then they all have to go hide the parts kind of situation. Oh, wow. But the thing with Tomie is she doesn't stay dead. That is her whole shtick, besides the um, turning guys into crazy people. Okay. Is that she keeps coming back. Like, every... She's like a mushroom in the fact that each part of her will regrow into a new her. So is there, and like, 15 Tomies, like, running in the fir After the first story, there's, like, now, like... Um, nine of them show up, so it's like the story, oh. as they travel across country, and these stories take place in different locations. Okay. And at the end of one of the stories, this one guy seems to have, like, tons of tiny chunks of her, mm -hmm. and he's selling them as kind of like, a, you plant this in your yard and you'll have a daughter. Oh. You'll have a daughter kind of thing like that. Wow. And a lot of what these... What a bad idea. 
And a lot of these, like, backwoods kind of, well, maybe not backwoods, but a lot of these kind of, like, rural people buy into his snake oil story. Provincial. And yeah. when they finally look at it, it's like, oh, this just looks like chunks of meat from, like, an animal or something like that. And they begin running him out of town. And um, before he, and he gets, like, kind of pushed to a cliff, and he dumps out the entirety of his suitcase, like, tons of these little small chunks into, like, the lake, into, like, this waterfall, like, lake below. Uh-huh. And I, I can't remember if he met, if they let him go, if he runs away, or if he actually throws himself off the cliff himself. Yeah. Years pass, years pass, and then it comes to, like, these, like, teenagers jump, um, having fun at the local watering hole. They jump in, one of the guys jumps in, and he doesn't come out. Oh. So they, his friends begin wondering, like, what the hell, what's going on? So they dive down in there, and they see, like, almost, like, the main protagonist you follow in this sees, like half of, like, her, like, almost, like, rooted to the wall, like, reaching up for her, and below he sees her, his friend being eaten alive by these, um, copies of Tomie. Oh, wow. And by the end of the story, the story ends of her, he freaks out and gets the fuck out of there. And then you see in town of, like, dozens and dozens of these full-grown women, naked women, just walking out of the watering hole and walk through town not saying a word and spreading off across the country. Oh, great! So it's a, a tom the the two thousand and one Tomie Japan infestation that we have to take care of. And fuck. Okay, pausing. Yeah. All right, and we're back. Okay. So yeah, and that's kind of uh, right there. I just kind of described to you one of like the later like one stories of Tomie, and these Tomie stories are not like sequential stories. You don't need to worry about reading them in order, generally. Mm -hmm. It kind of helps. Like, you have that build-up of whether it's one Tomie, and then they slowly build up, and slowly build up, and as they spread across the country. But they're all single story, like, single, like, stories in a chapter, mm -hmm. which is kind of nice in itself. They're, they're like, small ghost stories you tell, rather than, like, a ongoing epic that uh, most manga usually rolls with. Okay, so they're kind of just like a series of one-shots? Essentially, yeah. Okay. But all around in the same universe, same kind of horror, same ghost, essentially, you're chasing. No. Yeah. I mean, it's like... I haven't read Tomie yet. I assume that it was just kind of like a, uh, the siren archetypical uh, character where a she little was bit. just like a seduced woman. Mm-hmm. Or seduce, like, men and stuff. So, like, what, she's a kind of, like, a supernatural homewrecker? A little bit, but, like, usually... She usually... The, the Tomias usually try to live normal lives for the most part, mm -hmm. being their kind of, like, their same kind of personality type, which usually ends up in trouble. But it's usually someone somehow finds out, like, either someone, someone goes crazy around her and it leads to its own issues, or... Um people begin to somehow catch a glimpse of her true nature. Like, one of the stories they find out is follows this girl who's a photographer. She begins uh -huh. taking pictures of all this, and Tomei being the kind of, like, the idol of the school, blah, 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 pop, middle of Miss Popular, uh -huh. she asks if she can take a picture of her, and he goes, okay, because, he goes, okay, yeah, take some good pictures of me. She takes a bunch of pictures of him. She goes to get them developed, and when she looks at the development, she begins seeing, like, these, like, like creepy-looking faces, like, kind of, like, coming out from the back of her head, or, like, from, like... Um, things over her shoulder, or it looks like it's like almost a tumor of a face on the back of her head. Oh, always like or like eyes coming from her hair, and they begins to see this true nature. And Tomie finds out about this and is like, "What the fuck are you doing to me? Are you trying to piss me off? Mm -hmm. Destroy these? Blah blah blah." And the girl doesn't want to destroy him because he didn't do anything. On she wants to know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. To which she, in that case, Tomie does push one of the guys to I think like 
either destroy the photos or kill her. Oh, okay. I can't remember which. It's been a while since I read that story. So does each Tomie have like a different personality, or they're they for the, the most part kind of the same? Okay, they're very confident about themselves. They're very like, like them being a little miss perfect and a little miss popular is very important to them. Okay, so uh, usually, if, if from what I can remember, there's some of them where they they find Tomie almost as kind of like a uh, what should we call it. Um, yeah, damsel in distress at times for some poor, unsuspecting fellow. Okay. Like one of the stories, they find her in. They find one of them in the snow. She begins latching onto the protagonist. His buddy, which they were hiking with, gets jealous of this because the whole Tomie infatuation and the craziness uh-huh. ends up killing her. He ends up killing her and runs off on his own to the snow. He's going, "Oh God, what happened here?" And then tries to go find his friends. Uh-huh. And he finds him like in this cave by himself uh, with what looks like a woman laying in his lap. And when you look, when he finally gets closer into the light, it turns out to be like half a Tomie like eating out his um, lower abdomen. So why does Tomie have to feed off of people? I think it's more of like the idea of she is like kind of a demon or a ghost kind of thing. Oh, okay. So normally going... she doesn't. It's only when like it gets to those points of where it's like kind of either the gro- from what I from what I remember. Because they never really put a label on this. It was just kind of, this is what she kind of does as a monster kind mm-hmm. of thing. But it only seems she ever, like, eats people when she's either in, like, have a regeneration phase or, like, in between. Because oh, okay. what I suspect okay. came out of that growth from there was from the blood on his knife. Okay. Because they never really explain it, but, well, they do. Ex- they don't really explain how she can regenerate. But literally, the more she gets chopped up or the more there is, the more that will bud. Okay. So even, like, because they had one story of where, like, a whole bunch of blood got onto, like, this futon after, like, she had gotten killed in this apartment and the by an infatuated boy, and, like, by the end of it, she throws it away, and you see in the gu- dumpster, like, little tiny, like, sprouts of her coming out of the blood puddle. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, pieces of her will become her. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, going back to what you said earlier, are you... Is, uh, the, the mark... From Weeaboo Wednesday for this Onitober is that strong independent women are denoted by their ability to wreck homes and <laughs> No, but apparently... Because it's like, if that's the definition of a strong independent woman, is like, well, like, like I'm Ed trying. Ted Bundy a strong independent <laughs> man? Because no, if that's the standard, it's like, I don't want to be a strong God, you're just throwing me in the pit right now. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I, I saw my opportunity and I'm like, yeah. Hey, Mark, it's, what's that? Push. <laughs> it's not so much like I'm trying to say the home wrecking thing is the strong independent woman. What I'm trying to say is this is like literally that is how she was before like the craziness really shows up. Okay. Uh, like do you think that is like uh, that is how uh, the Japanese thing of like how we view women is like oh my god she's a strong independent woman. She must be a monster. <laughs> a murderer that can regenerate because oh. women can give birth and this is secretly symbolically and terrifying because we are Japanese men. <laughs> according to our fun- nerve soakers and business suits according to our research in all these podcasts yes <laughs> but normally no like I said it usually comes off that, that's usually she's very like she doesn't really need anyone until she tries to be friends with other people she doesn't really need anyone before like the craziness begins to set in for the story okay it, if, if it could be described as anything, it is the mask women put on before, like, the true nature shows up. I, I, I was gonna say, it sounds like it's kind of like, uh, she is not, uh, faultable for any of the things because it, it seems like, uh... Sometimes. Uh, 
Yeah, it, it seems like kind of an exacerbated. It's like, oh, this is just like she exposes what's within the inner hearts, dark, the dark inner darkness of these men around her. I don't think it's even dark inner hearts. I think it's she drives them to insanity, like kind of like the Lovecraftian horror sense of yeah. you've seen the um, you've seen to, you've seen the abyss. It is slowly changing you already. Yep. Uh, of Mark Weeaboo Wednesday 2016. Room and drive you mad. (laughs) (laughs) You've changed, Mark. I remember a couple episodes ago you refused to wear a white beater because you didn't (laughs) believe in that. And what's this I see under your shirt? Pulls aside and there's a strap of a white beater. I knew it. (laughs) It's a bra, damn it. (laughs) It's a bra. I'd rather admit to a bra than a white beater. (laughs) I like the support. It makes me feel safe. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I gotta give uh, I gotta give uh, Tomie a shot because it's like it's interesting to see how uh, the uh, Deadly Dame uh, archetype will play out in like Eastern culture versus mm-hmm. like Western culture. I'm mostly read it and then we'll talk about it next time. No, because it's like um, in. In Western culture, that's like, you know, species of, like, the yeah. lady alien that bangs dudes. Well, we already have kind of the femme fatale of the story, usually, but usually that scene kind of like a selfish character trying to get what they want using their looks or pretending to be in love with someone yeah. to achieve an objective or, like, never cared about you in the first place kind of situation. Yeah, because from what you explained earlier, it seemed like uh, the objective of Tomei isn't to, like, she she doesn't want to um, destroy these people's lives, they just end up, like, it, passively destroying their own. Passively destroying her own, usually, but it's usually by the chaos she causes, whether she intends it to happen or not. Okay. Because, like, like I said, the first one is like she begins dating other. She begins kind of jumping from boy to boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, later, she kind of like, um, like some boys, like when the guy finds her in the snow, like she's kind of as like kind of like a damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. The other guy begins get gets jealous of the fact that she's clinging to the protagonist rather than him, and it leads him to murder. Oh, okay. To kill her. <clears throat> So, I think it might be also time, like, if we're looking to this, trying to look drunkenly deeper, yeah. it is that, like, it's it's not the woman's fault, it's just, it's kind of like, it's just the will around them kind of situation. Well, it's like, what it's we the know, patriarchy! Yeah, well, well, what we know from Japan, there is some sort of, like, ronin patriarchy roaming around, it's yeah. like, yeah. But, alright, so, I guess that's it for Tomie for now. Uh, well, like, the one I read that I really, like I said, from the smaller stuff, and I really love the one-shots. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think Umaga, uh, The Mystery of Umagara Fault is my, um, my favorite of his one-shots. Is that the one with the... With the, the caves? F- yeah. Oh, can, alright, keep t- tell it. Well, uh, so, so in that one, it's like, I don't think the main character has a name, but, like, there's this earthquake in Japan, like, they're near this place, and, like, it lifts up part of uh, um, the landscape, and in the landscape, there are caves that are perfectly sized to look like silhouettes of people, mm-hmm. and people are drawn to the caves because they find out, it's like, if you've ever been on the internet, and you've seen that, like, image capture of, like, this hole, this hole is meant for me, this is the comic that's from. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, people, like, go into the holes and people are, like, you find out the holes are grooved in a way so you just keep moving deeper and deeper mm-hmm. into them. You and they are out. perfect size for different people. Yeah, like, they can only work for, like, that specific person. But usually, but they reveal at the end of it, it kind of just leads them to it, twists and contorts yeah. their body to killing them. Yeah, and I kind of liked it because it's, like, um, there was no, 
uh, explanation or climax in it, which is like in some horror stories, it's like the climax is what's like terrifying, you know, the horrifying truth. The monster comes out from the basement. The yeah. The murderer reveals himself. Because it's like, the main character has this dream about, like, how in ancient times these caves were, like, punishments for murderers and, murderers and stuff. Yeah, they would know. send them through that. But it's never touched on again, and it's only, like, 24 pages or stuff. But it's, like, it's really unsettling, and there isn't really, like, an antagonist to the story. There's just this otherworldly thing that's never explained there's just like this hole that you that draws you into it because you just supernaturally know it's like that one's mine. Yeah. And you walk through it and you come out on the other end as like those twisty stretch Armstrong monster. Well, it's not even monster. You're dead. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're moving still though. Oh, I thought they. Sh- I thought they. Sh- they just no, tried- they're like because well, he's still moving. Is he's got like the sound of uh, the sound of him pulling through the thing. Well, I remember, but I think I remember the final shot being of like like the deepest part of that hole. Being someone being contortioned to death, like their, yeah, you, their yeah. head's been clearly like. Oh yeah, but you turn into like a, a monster at the end because the the monster's coming out on the other side. I don't remember the monster coming on the other yeah, side. Yeah, because because in the last part, um, another earthquake happens, and then like uh, like farther away from like Umagara Fault, another like shelf opens, mm-hmm. and then like these scientists are there and they're looking in. And, like, this horrible Stretch Armstrong monster is, like, slowly coming outside of it. And he's crazy. It's, it's coming towards us. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, there's also... It's, it's stuff like that where you clearly see the kind of, uh... Whatchamacallit? The Lovecraftian horror coming Oh, from. yeah. Like, there's absolutely no explanation. It's just, like, people just die. Yeah. I mean, like, uh... uh Uzumaki... That is one... super Lovecraftian, in my opinion. Yeah. Because that one is just... Um, that one's just weird. Mm-hmm. So in Uzumaki, it's like... Uh, it's this series that takes place in this town, uh, like a coastal town in Japan. And uh, stuff starts to happen with spiral shapes. And mm-hmm. like people slowly become obsessed with spirals. Yeah. Like, uh, the first, uh, the first casualty was, like, that dad, uh, the dad of the boyfriend. So the main character is this woman, and her boyfriend, uh, starts slowly going, he's like, you gotta help me save my family, they're all starting to, uh, uh, become insane. And, like, the dad becomes obsessed with spirals, and he starts collecting everything with spirals in it, like, you can find around, like, snail shells. Like, jars slowly getting created as well. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, he ends... Like, they take all the spirals away from him because they're like, you're crazy, you're hoarding. And he ends up killing himself in, like, a dryer or, like, uh... I thought it was a... A washing machine or something. I can't remember if it was a washing... I thought he killed himself in the fucking, uh, furnace... The... the, Because I remember one of them was, like, a pottery guy, or maybe that was later on the story. Yeah. That was later. Yeah, he he ended up, uh... Yeah, I I think it's, like, what has happened is, like, they cremate his body, and, like, the smoke comes out as a spiral. Yeah. And then, like, the mother goes insane, and, like, she starts destroying everything that's a spiral, and she, like, becomes, like, terrified of it. Mm -hmm. And then one day, the doctor forgets to take down a diagram, and then, like, the inner, your inner ear is a spiral, and she, like, like, first what she does is, like, she becomes, like, phobic of spirals, and she looks at her hands, and her fingerprints are there, so she bites off all the tips of her fingers, and then in the last part, she sees, like, the spiral is located inside your head, and she takes a spoon, and she digs it out, and I'm like, oh! Oh, God. Something we probably should have mentioned before this, I guess, spoilers. If you <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that's only like an issue two. There are like still, 12 issues. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things that the story for Uzumaki does is like, it begins like slow, like diff spirals are the theme of all these different, like almost ghost stories that begin happening around town. Yeah. And then but it in, spirals and out, then of spirals <laughs> out of control. Uh, top quality comedy here at Weeaboo Wednesdays. The top shelf shit, yeah. The type that you put your uh, white figurine in that has removable clothing on. Yes. For easiest access. <laughs> Right next to the hot glue gun. Oh god, ew. But yes, mm, the story begins to like spiral out of control as like it's not just one of these like ghost stories begins be being a one off in a story like they begin to spread until like the entire like yeah. town is engulfed in this spiral themed horror. Like it starts going from like uh, this really small stuff to like this personal uh, horror of this family that's gone insane. To just straight up supernatural, like there's that guy who's like really slow. Yeah, he starts to turn into a snail. Yep. Yeah, and then like later on in the climax of the story, other people start turning into snails, and it's like horrific. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we won't spoil too much more of Uzumaki and its and Junjito's ghost stories for that one. Yeah, I mean, like definitely go check that one out. If like it's Onitober, like or yeah. read some scary shit, yeah. and it's like go I, on to Manga Park or your various manga websites. Click on the horror section and pick out something. Yeah, uh, Manga Park, a uh, great quality place to uh, read your pirated mangas. Michael yep. says as he pockets a check from <laughs> uh, the panda. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it's just, like, I, I enjoy the horror from Uzumaki because it's, like, um, it's, uh, first of all, it's body horror. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of body horror. Like, I love, um, Videodrome, which it reminds me a lot of. Mm. Have you seen Videodrome? You've described it to me in the past. I, I, I like that one because it's, like, that one's also a Lovecrafty, and that's a Western movie, uh, mm. but, uh, for you weebs out there, um... But it's also, it's just, like, the the concept is so alien and terrifying, where it's just, like, nobody in the story understands why this is happening. Mm -hmm. Like, and stuff is just happening around these characters, and I feel like the horror that comes out of it is, like, usually in, like, a scary movie or a horror world, what makes it super scary is, like, you understand the rules of the world, and the like it, it becomes scary because it's like okay if you go in a closet you die if like you know if you step outside of the building you die and then it goes from that like finding out the recipe to like the anticipation and like the corruption from within that causes you to break the rules mm -hmm. which can turn it from like a horror drama to just like a straight up horror mm -hmm. but in Uzumaki it's like you're never clearly told what the rules are it's like you're you're kind of just passively you, you you're not playing the game you're a piece in the game and yeah. something else is fucking with you and i i got that feeling from it and that's what feels very lovecrafty into it to yeah me. it's yeah. very much a like you've been dropped into a different world yeah like your world has been picked up and dropped into a new dimension and you are learning of all these different like yeses and nos and like sometimes people come out of this on top like you'll see later that some people somehow get like whirlwind superpowers later which yeah. is weird but in itself but like they but and many people don't and then they people use this like and corrupt people with it and yeah. the power corrupts them into which they're killing people by like spitting out hurricanes at each other yeah 
Then we have... Then uh, there's the really crazy one, which is Hell Planet Ring. Yeah, I was about to go on to that. Speaking of a different planet. That one is insane. That one gets crazy. (laughs) Okay. Like, the crazy bar is just, like, it starts off as, like, this weird thriller, and then it just takes a 90-degree upwards turn into, like, ludicrous. Yep. It starts off as a man, um, a... Like an astronomer. An astronomer discovers a new planet... Yeah. And he names it after his daughter. And Rosina, he gets very famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reina. And he gets very famous. Like, they begin to say this and his, interviewing his daughter girl. is kind of like this very shy person. And yeah, she's she, like, was, oh, she was never really out there in the first place. Yeah. But it, now she's been thrust into fame because of like... Wasn't she also like she wanted to be like a movie star or something? I don't remember, right. honestly. It's It's been a while. I read, I read this like in between classes in my French class in college. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, and literally things begin spiraling out of control when they realize, huh, why the planet's bigger today? I wonder what's going on. Yeah. And they begin slowly realizing it's getting bigger because it's coming towards Earth and other planets in the way have disappeared th- that yeah. have come close to it. And they begin realizing this isn't a matter of, uh, whatchamacallit, of, like, this planet's getting bigger. It's getting closer, and it's eating other planets that's com- that's coming across. Yeah, a real Galacticus. Yep, and it begin. Then the world begins panicking about this. They, for some reason, begin blaming Reyna for this. Yeah, because yeah, like that was the first great leap that yeah. I thought, which was like, oh, okay, that's a funny thing. Like when it feels like people get but like scared, they like do uh, stupid things. Yeah. It's very, let's be honest though. Do you think? I think in America this would happen if we discovered like Galactus out there, yeah. and they named and the and the astronomer named it after their daughter. I could see a lot of America, especially the Trump supporting kind of America, <laughs> um, a real strong stance here on Wednesday. Yeah, don't vote for Trump. Please don't. <laughs> They'll kick us out. I'd rather I'd rather you I'd rather vote Green or Hillary. Yeah. But, or, or vote for that crazy dude, uh, um, the independent. Oh, uh, independent. Um, um, the libertarian guy. The Lord uh, Ratsworth or something. Um, Lord Ratsworth? What the fuck? There is a guy, every... Co- every pre- oh, you're, you're talking about the wizard that wears a boot on his head? That wears the boot on his head that promises ponies to every American. Yeah. Honestly, I, like, uh, uh, yeah, just, just don't vote for Trump, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... They begin trying to find her. At first it was going, it's your fault, it's, or why are you doing this? And it's like, going, she's just a girl who had, like, a planet named yeah, after her. Yeah, I like her. how her uh, producer is, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure she becomes, like, She uh, becomes famous yeah, because of this, like, because, really famous. And, like, her, her producer is also, like, her boyfriend. I was like, I think this is good for you. No, it's, it's not so much her boyfriend, but I don't think it was her boyfriend, but he definitely got strong feelings for her, which is actually a very, yeah. I think is a common... Thing through especially Junji Ito's works is male fanaticism for girls. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's this. It, not just in Tomie you see this. You will see this later in Reina, which we don't want to spoil it for you. But like, it's, I think we've kind of did it. Where, Are you sure? Let's just spoil it. Uh, all, right. all right. If you so, want to stop listening, if yeah, you want to uh, read this on your own, stop listening now. Yeah, we'll give stop. you a good five seconds before we start talking again. Yeah. So yeah, Michael, this beer is. Pretty good. Okay, back to Reyna. Um, yeah, so, like, everybody goes fucking insane. insane. And we have, we see, like, some of the groups, we see, like, this incredibly rich, like, <laughs> going back to Trump, like, Trump-esque yeah. family, who they sent explorers 
to the to the planet that's coming to oh, eat yeah. them. Oh yeah, space travel is a thing. Yeah, space yeah. travel is a thing, and he begins sending like explorers. It, uh, like, uh, uh, we we need to set this. This is set in like the future where yeah. there's like hover cars and shit. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, because the, besides that, they because there's like, like colonies on the moon and Mars. Were they? Uh, I think there was like a station on the moon, and they were planning to go to Mars next. I thought it was more of like they, this was their first attempt because it was like we have no choice kind of situation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they try and send explorers to the planet. They don't really hear back from them. Yeah, they turn into like these really like the planet is like really weird. It yeah. like it, it the planet almost like sticks a tentacle up their ass and uses them as a puppet. Like, yeah. It, and they and it does this. To send the message back, like, it's A-okay. So, the rich family, like, obviously, will send, sends themselves out there, and they begin to learn the horrible truth. Yeah. The planet was fucking with them, they all get murdered, and they all deserve it, because they yeah. left all these other, other people behind. Which, this rich family does take part into, like, the ending piece later. Yeah, and I love, um, uh, like, the monster puts a tongue out and, like, destroys half of Japan because it just licks part of it off yeah, of the map. It, yeah, yeah, it licks... And no, and not only that, it licks the planet and it throws with enough force where it sends the planet into a spinning circle that's so fast... Everybody he, can, like, fly. jump and fly. Yeah, yeah, everyone is flying because the planet is moving so fast below yeah, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, and, like, Raylena is on the run now. She's, uh, like, the president of her fan club turns into part of this cult that wants to, like, kill her because, yeah. like, the cult believes it's, like, uh, if we kill Raylena, the beast will leave us alone. Yeah. Because, like, the president of the cult, like, the fan club was, like, her, his her feelings were not reciprocated yeah, by it her. Was, it was, it was the producer. No, it wasn't the producer. I thought the producer... The, the producer ends up dying to save her. Oh, yeah. yeah I think. Yeah, no, and she... I like. I think she did like the producer because like, yeah. the producer was the only person that listened to her. It was actually... Kind of, yeah, like, Yeah, because he, he was like, do you want to do this? She's like, no, like, I'm scared. It's like, okay, we're going home. Yeah, yeah. and he was the only other person who... who real, he was one of the few people on the planet at this point who was like... She's just a girl with yeah, a planet named after her. Because at first it was like the producer, the rich guy, and like the uh, the head of her fan club. Yeah. And they help sneak her out, and then like one of the fans betrays them. Yeah. And then uh, they get shot, and mm -hmm. like uh, she has to run away, and now she's on her own, and she runs into this hobo. Yeah. And the hobo is like, "Get the fuck out of my dumpster!" And then he's like, "What the fuck is wrong with Earth?" And then these people, it's like, "We're gonna nail her to a cross," and he's like. No, you're not. What Why? the fuck? And then, like, he, they fly, and they fly for, like, weeks. Yeah, no, and they're being chased by, by like, cloud by of angry, angry people. Like, yeah, the like, entire population it's like, it's of... It's her fault. Yeah, it's like the entire population of America leaps into this cloud of people in the sky, chasing them down. Yeah, it's like... Led and, by this... And it looks like they're all having fun, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, be, and it's all being led by this, like... Black KK. When I say black KKK, I mean like a black robed kind of coat. Yeah, they essentially cap. have like a KKK uniform that's like slightly scarier yeah. because it's also black. Black and yeah. it's got like these kind of like it's more ragged Slit eyes yeah. and like like ripped up rather yeah. than like chasing them down. And just remember this one shot of her like wait, of running away with <laughs> these kids, these kids that they come across that aren't crazy. The hobo and herself. Yeah, oh, oh, and the kids have like this couple that like uh, got saved because they're like we just. Get away! Yeah, yeah. 
And it literally ends with them go finally like ditching that group of when the plant finally comes to like almost a screeching halt. Yeah. And like ninety percent of these people just die on impact. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because they just like slam down. And then like except for like the cult leader, obviously. Yeah. And they have one final moment and reveals it was the presence of the fan club. Yeah. And then they finally try and get away, but like while the plant is still How like, did they get rid of him? He I think <laughs> I think he gets stabbed or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah, wait, didn't the planet like Eat him, something like I don't. Know. Yeah, it's 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 been. A, I read this like two it was, years it was ago. So crazy that I just because uh, I remember yeah. the conclusion of the story is like the hobo leads them to like the manor. No, of- no, she does because um she was invited to the rich guy's house. Yeah, and she and he showed off like this cool like. Atom bomb. Proof oh yeah, they have basement. like an atom bomb proof because basement. this was what the rich family was planning to do because yeah. they knew like they figured the world was probably going to come to an end at some point yeah. and they'd be safe. But when it realized, oh, the planet's going to get eaten, we're going to go shoot off to there. Yeah. So when the planet explodes, they're fine. Yeah. In there. So the 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 monster eats the planet, but like the 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 bomb shelter is so strong and survives the impact and it's just floating in a space, and it turns out the homeless person. So. Just mentioned off of the side, the rich family had an older brother that they dis- yes. that they disowned because he was uh like he he wasn't uh, famous enough as an astronaut. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So the the homeless person turns out to be like the disowned rich uh, uh rich person because they're like we can't get into the bunker and he like knows the code yeah. because he built it. So, like, they're just floating in space now, so it's Raylina, these, these the homeless kids. person, the couple, and, like, the, the that kids. handful of kids, yeah. And, and they're all just kind of, like, having fun in zero gravity, and then realizing, we'll just relax until the food runs, food and water runs out. Yeah, and it's just, like, this really weird, nihilistic ending, and it's like, what the fuck did I just read? Yes. <laughs> but think of it this way. This exact moment was literally, if a black hole got big enough and it's going to suck up the planet, let's all go murder Stephen Hawking <laughs> with, for his black hole theories. It's and Stephen mur- the Black and his hole. <laughs> exactly. That is li- I know why you're in that chair, because you sold your soul to space. <laughs> <laughs> He's a witch. <laughs> and once again, it has devolved back to witches. <laughs> Well, you see, like, Monster well, that's Musume. It no. That's what it was. It was literally, like, a global witch hunt for this girl yeah. that didn't do anything. Yeah. Like, they it's crucified mentality. her father. Yeah, it, it, and her mother, I think. I think no, like, her mother was already dead. Oh, it was, was just the father. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, it would make sense that they can't crucify him even more so than her. But, like, he, all he did was find the Exactly. Planet. I'm not yeah. saying that, but, like, like I said... Well, if you who would you get more pissed off at, like Christopher Columbus or his daughter America, in which he names the, <laughs> the country after yeah, as a Native American? That, because that's how it happened. Exactly. Like, I'm going to name this country after my daughter Amelia America. Yeah. <laughs> who are you going to want to murder more, the daughter or the man who came to your country and started this whole mess? Oh my god! <laughs> so stupid, America. <laughs> I, I see where you're going but it's like I would be the person that's like why are we murdering him like, I mean like it would be it would be more it would make sense more to murder Christopher Columbus because yeah. he was gonna go back and tell like Italy or where the bumfuck he came from about America the professor wasn't like ah I found this planet hey are you hungry come and eat my planet like he didn't do anything he literally just found like a star and named it after his daughter and had a 
press release. And then he was the one that warned everybody. It's like, this planet's coming towards us. And everybody's like, he's a witch. <laughs> like, <laughs> this here. The logic doesn't... And it's, it's the future. It's not like today. If it was like today, it's like, okay, I can totally see. There are fucking flying cars and laser beams, Mark. I don't remember laser beams. <coughs> they have rocket ships. Or We have rocket ships now. Yeah, but not like cool 1960s rocket ships. Okay. Yeah, that's enough about Reyna and, the, and Galact the, Reyna's adventures with Galactus. Um, right. the galactic shows up with the silver ship. It's like, whoa, that was fucked. <laughs> you see that? Like, why did they blame the girl of Silver Surfer? It's like, I fuck, I don't know. I've got the power cosmic, not like, the wisdom, not omnipresence. Yeah, it's like you think people would be mad at me when I tell them. It's like, yo, your plan's gonna get eaten. Yeah, you think they they try and kill me? No. Is that what Silver Surfer did? Was he, did he just, like, go down and be like, yo, your plan's gonna get he you is the herald, and, like, he, he just, like, fucked up? He is the Herald of Galactus. His job was to go find planets for him to eat. Preferably ones with high populations. Because it, it burns a lot of calories being a planet eater. Alright. Uh, Moving on from space yeah. to, instead of go looking up, let's look down to the deepest point on our planet. The ocean, and yeah. the terrible things that live down there. I, like tiny spider robots that use fish as gas tanks. I can tell y'all right now, as a person who studied marine biology for uh, four plus years, we were wrong about where hell is. It's not underground, and it's not on fire. It's washing up next to us every fucking day. Yep. And by that, I mean, we're talking about Junji Ito's Gyo. Gyo, yeah. When fish attack. That one was a weird one that I actually really liked. Yeah. Yeah, this one even more so feels like a Lovecraftian horror kind of... Most of them honestly feel like yeah. Lovecraftian horror, now looking back on them from this point, is of essentially one day, like, I think I think the first incident they show of it is literally like, um, there it's just these people on the beach, kind of thing, and like the lifeguards is like, oh god, there's a shark, everyone get out of there! And everyone starts running out of it, and like the lifeguards are sitting pretty up there as the, as the shark is actually... Dwarfsfin is clearly coming towards the shore, towards the people. Yeah. But everyone gets out of the water, so he's just sitting there like, ha dumb shark. And it comes to the ocean with its open mouth and it's going like... And it's got spider legs. And then all of a sudden, it has spider legs and devours his ass. Yeah. But, okay, before that, like, the main character is, like, this guy and this girl who are yes. going on vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the girl is, like, this germaphobe. Yes. No, she has an incredibly strong sense of smell. Yeah. She can't stand, like, stinky smells. It's one of the reasons why she's a germaphobe. Yeah, and she hates fish. Yeah, yeah, she despises fish. And this actually comes up at one point of where, as they're on vacation, she thinks she saw a cockroach. Yeah. And, he's like, uh, and there's this horrible smell in there, like, kind of luxury, kind of, like, on-the-beach cabin yeah. kind of thing, you know what I'm talking about? Um, so the guy's like, oh, okay, I'll go take care of it, honey. And so he comes looking around, and he finds this, like, he finds a little th bastard, and he, he's looking at Coulson, he's like, it's like a fish with legs, what the hell? So he puts it kind of, like, in a, like, plastic bag and throws it in the garbage, like, it's taken care of, honey, don't worry. Yeah. But she keeps thinking, she smells it no matter what, like, yeah. even though it's gone, like, she, he, he bagged up, he's like, I still smell it, it's still in here, what the fuck? And she begins freaking out. Yeah. And when he begins looking to the trash can, he lifts off the lid. He sees the bag has now floated into the sky. 
Yeah, because the gases, the gases from the uh, fish. decaying fish have like filled up the plastic bag until like when the spider legs pokes a hole and it, it falls to the ground and crawls off. Yeah, and because of the smell, oh god, I don't even remember. How, I'm yeah, to because how it, it, it's like uh, that. That's where it starts off, and then it's like it goes off into a montage of like fishermen catching fish, and like a couple of them get up and they have like these weird spider eggs, and they start going, and then it goes into a lifeguard thing, yeah. and then it becomes like this uh, police bulletin alert about it. it's like everybody like you know in coastal cities watch out like the fish. Like the weird walking fish phenomenon yeah. is like and getting, it's and at first they were at first they showed off as kind of like a like oh it's a very weird phenomenon but like people are seem to be okay like they're kind of walking around them because it's not that many at this point at least yeah nothing big has come yet besides perhaps a shark or two which does try to eat people yeah in which the police are sitting there with guns trying to shoot the damn thing to death yeah but like and then it turns to the point where the the it turns from like these kind of like this like little thing that ankles, like, you're walking down the street and a rat runs by you, kind of thing like that. But imagine, like, you're seeing a ton of rats from time to time, but it's, that's just it. They're just kind of rats, so you can just kick them away or you just keep walking. Until, <clears throat> like, literally the entire streets are just swarmed with them and people are getting trampled by these spiky, like, yeah. metal legs yeah. that are actually killing people now. At first I thought it was, like, this weird crab parasite Yeah, from what it was drawn because it's, like, they have tubes going into the gills of the fish and yeah. stuff. But later they revealed that it isn't actually, like... Like living material, it's metal. Yeah, these appear. This actually appears to be metal. It's like this weird self-replicating. Well, that, that that's a little bit farther. Yeah, and it just so turns out that uh, one of the the friend on the island, who was like a friend of the no, um, he's his granddad. I oh, he's his granddad. Yeah. That's right, his granddad. That's how they got the trip to the island. I think it was, uh, but was a mad scientist or a scientist, yeah. and then becomes a mad scientist. Yeah, and he begins obsessing over these little drone things. As it begins, and it later reveals the fact that what's lo that's motorizing these things is the gases produced by the fish, by yeah. the decaying fish. Yeah, it's like the gas produced by the decaying fish powers uh, the little pistons on like these tiny little old robots, and it works like a tiny engine. Yeah, and it's like if you remove the fish host, what it looks like is like this weird uh, bear trap. Yeah, with like spider legs. And it ends up, like, it clamps down on his arm and he has to amputate the arm because it yeah. tries to take over his body. Yeah. So there's just, like, this disembodied arm walking around. Well, it wasn't so much it tries to take over his body. It's one he clamped onto mm -hmm. it and there was no way to get rid of it other than cutting off his yeah. arm. Like, they couldn't break the metal on it for some strange reason, which um, later you see soldiers shooting these things. But, yeah. uh, but later they begin seeing it's not... It's no longer just attacking fish because the fish eventually die out. Yeah, like, like the they bodies, start rotting. They rot to the point of where because all the fish left. are dead. Yeah, because they've been pulled out of the ocean. They're dying, and they, then these contraptions begin hooking themselves up to people. Yeah, and because people are getting because apparently this gas is also kind of a disease. Yeah, it like well, like I think I, I think what it was is like the disease itself is like the miasma created by like the uh the, such a collection of dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, uh, in the end, there's just, like, these people that become, like, uh, distended from, like, uh, gas, and, yeah. like, they're just attached to the like, well, spider. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe use the word, describe distended as uh, just, like, inflated, inflated fat. Inflated, yes, yeah, they're inflated uh, from all of the gas built up in their bodies. And they're just constantly producing this gas, too. Yeah. <clears throat> and they produce more gas. Uh, I'm not gonna make a Mexican food joke. Um... <laughs> Um, but literally it gets to the point of where the machines will, like, actively try and capture these people, um, because later you'll begin seeing these, 
like they show later, like one of them that was attached to a whale, yeah, has now collected like dozens of people yeah. in which they're it shoves hoses up their mouth and up their anus, up their butt, yeah. And I was like, this is getting weird. <laughs> yeah, this is getting really weird. And it gets even weirder it's when you going into a magical place that I do not want to go to. And with that magical place comes a circus. Yeah, there's like that weird exposition circus. Mm-hmm. Well, they begin re- revealing the fact that this gas is sentient. And they, they suspect that the gas itself is like um, a physical manifestation of dead souls. Yeah. Because when they right. light the gas on fire, because it it's essentially methane. Yeah. And it turn, you see like screaming skulls and the like when yeah, it gets yeah, set yeah, off. Yeah. Like you see a human aspect to or a humanoid aspect to the gas when it's set on fire. Yep. And like these people have been and not only that, uh, apparently the gas reacts to music. Oh. Because remember that's how they were being able to do yeah. the tricks. Because yeah. in the circus you see being seen like the people in the spider walkers like climbing on tight robes, juggling and doing all these other things. Yep. God um and he reveals like going but music drives them you can get them to do all sorts of things and then he tries the then the the head of the circus tries to when uh reveals his main attraction not an ancient thing but a new one yeah which reveals apparently one of those mechanized things was his girlfriend which his grandfather managed to create his own mechanized yeah he's got like he's he, he made like the which we did kind of we're throwing it this so out of order right there's, now yeah there's uh his girlfriend ends up dying because she gets uh infected she becomes like on the bloated people and the doctor says i'll do my best to try and take care of her. And the doctor lies and makes, like, a fucking, like... His uh, own version. Spider walker parasite. And puts her robot. into it. Yeah. And then it's revealed later that he had... When, uh, revealed later, he, um, built his own... Yeah, that's Flying like, one. Yeah. Which, the flying one... And they also do reveal to this that the human aspect is still exists within the machine. Yeah, because he steals his sec- his assistant. Yeah, because yeah. he thinks his assistant his assistant's like going to him for the grandson for help. Yeah, because like the assistant is afraid and she cares about like his grandfather. And it's like you have to like he's gone mad. It's like mm. we have to help him. And the begin the 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 mad scientist now in his flying. Yeah, he has, thing. like, a flying He blimp. built a flying one, too, because, yeah. yes, the world needed that as well. Yeah, it's like, great, it's airborne now. <laughs> and it begins attacking them, and eventually, like, scoops her up and attaches it, forces her into the device as well. Yeah. And as well as the the girlfriend in, who's been infected tries to attack the secretary. Yeah. Uh, attack the secretary because she thinks that the secretary's trying to steal her boyfriend. Yeah. But it's, like, the, the other weird thing is, like, all of the other machines attack the new ones, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they attack the new one. They try and kill her. Because that's how, how his girlfriend ends up getting killed. She gets yeah. swarmed by, like, the rest After of After she does, like, a kind of save him at the last minute kind yeah. of scenario. But then, like, the story literally ends with him, like, looking off, watching, like, this, like, like, not mob, but not stampede. What's it, like? Yeah, it's... Uh, no, what's the word for What's the word? A like, swarm? Not a swarm. Um, it's like... Like, school kind of a fish. Uh, but, um, like, what's it called when birds go south? Uh, a flock? Uh, a migration. migration. Yeah. A migration of these things moving out from, like, these dead cities towards living ones. Yeah. And it shows just, like, him sitting on the sail with all these other bunch of people who like don't seem to be... Like, survivors. And they're, no. like, we're, we're going... We're... No, they they're, they reveal that the reason he wasn't... He never turned into one of these fat, bloated sacks... Oh, because they're immune. Apparently there's an immunity yeah. to it as well, which is, like, these guys... So 
we, we're meeting together. We're going to try and think of a cure. We're all some of us are university students and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. We're going to try and come up with a cure, and that's how the story ends. So like the story ends with like this faint gl- glimmer of hope, like possible hope. But the city is still dead. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was so weird. It yeah. was so weird because and I remember there's like that one scene where like he's running away and he, excuse me, he falls into that. Oh, the that, the like. Storm drain. Yeah, the storm drain that's just full of like fish tiny ones. Yeah, tiny ones, and there's the tiny ones that have like fi- fish legs, and that was just so viscerally upsetting. Yeah, like a man. Like, oh god. And they, for those of you who are interested, they also came up with a movie of this. Yeah, that which does new news it, to me. In which it's a fully animated one, but instead of following the main guy, it's the girl yeah. who is like immune to this stuff. And he, she kind of went on a vacation with her girlfriends. This whole shit goes down. She's just trying to get back to the city to find her boyfriend. Mm. Or I think a fiancé or whatever whatever term they decided to use for this couple. No. But, yeah. It's an int- It's kind of... It's it, it very much shows a lot of the scenes that he goes through. And they do have that scene of where she falls into the, um, like, storm drain of freaking okay, yeah. tiny, tiny ro- uh, fish and things. And yeah, she gets just- stabbed all over. Yeah, that was just so upsetting to, like, be on, like, a, a pile of dead carcasses of fish. And there's, like, these discarded giant, like, uh, ones in there, too. Yeah, no, it wasn't even that. And, like, these tiny fish were still alive in their little spider things. So they're crawling yeah. over. And these things don't have, like, little, like, flat feet or anything. They are, like, they have, like pointed needle. needles. Yeah. So they're, like, she's getting stabbed all over. These, these things are crawling over her. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Ugh. We watched that for our, one of our... Uh, uh, my anime club's freaking uh, Halloween specials. Yeah. But yes. Um, yeah, it's just... Um, that's that's kind of it for Gyo in its description. We've kind of, like, summarized a lot of these stories up for you. Yeah, I mean, like, definitely Junji uh, Ito has, like, a lot of stuff that I yeah. really enjoy. There's another story I remember reading from his third volume of his collection called, like, The Flesh Colored... I think it's, like, Flesh Colored Horror Stories. Uh-huh. In which um, he, uh, there's one story in it, which I think I thought was really creepy, of where he, it begins in this kind of art class with this guy where he's taught, where they've got all these different statues that don't have heads. Oh. And he's asking, like, why do you do, why don't you put heads on us? Like, because the head kind of takes away from, like, the beauty and majesty of the body. Okay. And um, it kind of follows, like, this girl, and her, I think it follows this girl of where she's Vien's. And one day the teacher stops coming to class and I wonder like what what happened to him? Whatever happened to him? And then as one of the like late night someone's like cleaning up, they find like him like the the, the teacher with like this terrible like horror stricken look on his yeah. face, like in a cloak in school and someone screams and runs off, like, What the hell happened? What the hell happened? It's I saw the teacher, he's still here. What? But he's been gone for days. They get looking and they don't find him. And all they find, and eventually, like, uh, it happens again. The main character, she runs to her boyfriend, like, I saw him, I saw him, he's there. And it's, like, kind of in the middle of the day this time. Yeah. So the boyfriend goes out, like, I'll, I'm going to go find him. Because the, the, the boy, the boyfriend is who introduced her to the teacher in the first place. Mm-hmm. And when he goes up there, he comes back and going, don't worry about it, it's fine. Um, he wasn't there, kind of thing like that. He's got this kind of deadpan look. Yeah. And eventually he's trying, it gets later in the day, he's like, hey, you want to come up with me to the art room kind of thing like that? And she was always kind of freaked out by these sculptures. Yeah. When he gets there, all the sculptures are gone. Yeah. And so, like, what happened to him? Oh, since the teacher, since the teacher's no longer here, and that was kind of his thing, we got rid of him, kind of thing. And when she, and then, 
And I was going to be like, yeah, it was kind of weird. Uh, she, they begin talking about it. And they begin seeing him. And they, the teacher comes out of the closet like that and screams and pushes. And the she begins screaming, freaking out. And the boyfriend, like, holds her for the teacher. Uh-huh. The teacher's face was not moved at all. And she begins, like, pushing away her boyfriend. And the head of the boyfriend falls off and reveals that same little spoke from the statue. Oh. And then when she runs out of the room, she begins seeing, like, these very statues, like, trying to vote, like, who've got, like, there's two girls who've been killed in the hall as these, as They're the statues the are trying on. to take the heads. And you see, like, this really kind of creepy image of where you see, like, six statues trying to force, like, with one head on them. Like, they're fighting for the heads. That's pretty upsetting. I knew. Yeah. And it just ends with her, like, being held down by these things as they're about to chop off her head. Oh, wow. I, uh, I thought of, like, a stupid thing because I was like, uh, uh, manga is about, uh, roughly the same size of, like, a children's novel. So, the new Michael initiative is to go into a public library Find uh, their depository of goosebumps. Cut out <laughs> all of the insides of goosebumps and replace oh, them with no. Shantoyo comic. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> and just like I read the horror on Eleventh Street where it was a giant electric mantis, and there was this weird sexual terror thing about this little girl named Toby. Yeah. Oh, is that it? That's like the thing of the teacher. Oh wow! Is uh, Mark uh, just brought out a, um, a manga yeah. of it? Yeah, like, here, I'll just show you. Like, that's the image I was talking about. I know for those of you who can't see it right now, I'm sorry. Oh, upsetting. Yeah, like, Junji is very good at creating, like, ugh. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I also read one where it was, um, uh, for lack of a better word, um, well, the better word is Romani, but, like, they show them as, like, a gypsy woman. Mm. Gypsy fortune tale. Yeah, no, borrow that. Read that. Okay. Uh, Mark just lended me a flesh colored horror, the Junji Ito horror comic collection. It's part. It's a collection. It's some of the collections of his stuff. According to the Wikipedia, it's like the third okay. thing that was. Oh wait, I just totally remembered the one about the couch. The couch. So like, there's this one really weird one where um, the thing is uh. This lady goes over to this uh, guy who makes uh, furniture because she has back problems. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm a reporter and like a writer. And it's hard for me to write because it's like I can't stay in a sitting position for very long. And it's like, oh, well, that's very common in a lot of people, especially today with sedentary lifestyle and like being in a cubicle a lot. So your spine can be misaligned if you don't have like a comfortable chair. So let me take your measurements and stuff. And he takes your measurements and he's like, yeah. So I, I can start making the chair right now. Anyway, have you ever heard of like the like this story? And he tells her a story about how there's like this famous writer in like um, feudal Japan, or like not feudal Japan, but like uh, I want to say nineteenth century, yeah, Meiji era Japan. And she had to write under a pseudonym and stuff, and like that she had like a uh, um, uh, uh, like because she, she wasn't allowed to write as a woman or something. Mm -hmm. So uh, a bunch of people found out that she was a woman and they were like thrilled. They're like, "Oh wow, these stories are so great!" And even her husband was like, "Oh, excellent! Like your stories have gotten us uh, so famous to the point where we can afford this matter." So she starts to get like these really weird creepo letters mm -hmm. of like this guy uh, of this guy like kind of fawning over. Her. It's like you should include me in your next story, and then you yeah. should make the protagonist you. And we can that, get those together. those are the worst kind of yeah. like commissions. So she's like, "Oh, I don't like I don't like that." So one day they get like um, 
Uh, they get uh, this beautiful handmade like um, lounge chair, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, a chair is like I'll stop like, and the guy is like I'll stop bothering you if you just write within this chair, so at least I know you know you're comfortable. So she starts writing into the chair, and she's like, "Wow, it's so comfy. It feels like there's an embrace, uh, like you know, it's like somebody <laughs> oh, embracing no. me." And then like one day. Her, uh, she, she gets writer's block, block or something, or she doesn't want to write anymore. Uh, and then her husband is like, you need to, you need to write more stories to keep us accustomed to this lifestyle. She's like, but I can't just force it. And he's like, all right, then I'll do it. And he like, he sits down on her chair and he starts writing and she's like, you know, all upset because they got no fight and she goes to bed. So she wakes up the next morning and he's like, you know, over the desk and, uh, she's like, Hey, are you feeling better? And he won't get up and he won't talk to her. And it finds out he's been stabbed and he's dead. So the police come over and like, they, they look around and they find out that it's just like, wait, hold on. And the police, like, oh, when they move his corpse, they find, like, a knife wound, like, in the chair. It's like, oh, the murderer must have stabbed him through the chair. That's why you didn't see it. It's like, weird, but there isn't a, a stab wound from coming from behind. It's like, oh, my God. And the policeman takes a knife and he opens up the back of the chair. And, the cha- like, it's this huge Ottoman, like, uh, uh, lounge chair. And they open it up. And on the inside is, like, this perfect cavity for where a person can like sit inside the chair or somebody can sit on top of you like there's these tiny little shelves where like you can uh uh like it has like canned foods and stuff and there's like a knife in there and it's like really creepy because it's just this perfect outline of where a person and then like the hands would go within like the armrest and because like the letters the guy writes to her are like really upsetting because it's like i love your smell and the back of your neck and like i love the caress of your body and stuff and it's like he like the person would know stuff and like it zooms back to the current time and the girl is just like that's a really upsetting story and like he's like yeah you know it's like you know they never did find the killer and like the lady is like well what happened to the woman it's like oh she went on to become like a very famous novelist it's like, let me show you something. And he takes her into the back room. And it's like, this was my parents. And then he, like, opens. Like, there's, like, this huge chair that's been in the background of the entire thing, the entire thing. And he opens it up. And inside is, like, the skeleton of, like, the sneaky, the the, the, the pervert. And on top of the, like, sitting in the skeleton's lap is the lady writer from before. And it's just like, oh, oh, my God. Well, a good ending, I guess, for the sneaky perv. Yeah. Like, She got one more bone added to her. Oh, God. Inappropriate. (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) we're hitting up to our usual time. I want to talk more about Junji Ito, honestly. Well, I mean, it's uh, Onitober, so uh, we can probably talk about, like, what I really want to do is uh, one, like, maybe next Wednesday before we record, I want to watch the movie Haosu with you. Haosu. Haosu, yeah. It's this Japanese horror movie about, like, a scary house. Oh, God, I'm going to regret this, aren't I? <laughs> uh, uh, probably. All right. Well, okay, we'll take a look at that. This is going to be like the Japanese version of Amityville Horror. 
I don't. I, I, I only remember one part of it because I, I, I've seen part of the movie that forced me to hunt it down later in my life, mm-hmm. which is when the part where, like, uh, I, I'm assuming it's the main character, which is a little girl, runs into the banquet hall of the house, mm-hmm. and, like, stuff is flying around, and she's freaking out, and, like, there's blood coming out of the piano, and she looks over to the table, and there's, like, a watermelon on the table, and the watermelon just suddenly has, like, a huge human mouth on it, and it just starts laughing, and I was like... That's upsetting. And then I went into my room. <laughs> <laughs> on on that note, for what ups- my watermelon upsets Michael. Yeah. Um. I guess we'll call it a night today. We aren't really gonna give just. I, well, I guess we can give some kind of. Oh, uh, I guess the only thing we can really recommend well, like, for people this month is Junji. Junji Ito. Yeah. And pick up. Uh, just read some horror manga. Get into the mood of yeah, October. Yeah, try, try Of uh, Onitober. Yeah, here's some uh, weeaboo homework for you guys. Uh, go go out and find, like, a Japanese horror movie. and uh, Or if you don't have time for a movie, even a manga, which you can read on the side. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gobble that shit up and uh, uh, comments or yeah, something, comment. please. We we've we've heard nothing from you listeners. Yeah, uh, like we want some feedback. We're just kind of getting awkwardly scared. Do they like us? Uh, they do listening? they like us? The porn bots. <laughs> the like porn us. bots yeah. seem to like us, but their hands are cold and anonymous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they keep telling us if we give them money, they'll introduce us to their special. Yeah, friends. that's the real <laughs> knife twist in the back. It's yeah. just like, oh, cool, we got a new follower, and then you check it out, and it's like, if you want real followers, it's like, like oh. fuck you, Pornobot, <laughs> like, Leslie five five zero. We don't remember all their names off the back of our head. Oh, we could literally pull it up, but I don't want. I don't want to look at them. Uh, I don't want to look at them. <laughs> and with that, good night. Oh wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Uh, before we say good night, uh, shameless shilling from Michael. Oh, this God. is me. <laughs> it's it me at Alien Con on October 28th to 30th uh, this month uh, at uh, the, uh, I think it's Sunnydale Convention Center. Something like that. Go murder him. Yeah, alright. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.